0: Welcome to The Corona Shift, the podcast that explores the changing landscape of Canadian performance art during the coronavirus outbreak. The world is but a stage? Not anymore, sucker, ya you, you butts, not... <laughs> Sorry, we're cancelled, we're closed. Each week I chat with a different guest about their experiences in isolation and how they're adapting to the transition from the stage to the online world. Uh, This is going to be a great show. We'll have comedians, drag artists, uh, magicians, burlesque performers, um, strippers. That's right. We're We're the only podcast in the world that has strippers. Join us each week until this whole crazy pandemic is over. Because I know you're locked up and you've got nothing better to do. And neither do I, really. That's why I'm doing this. I mean, I'm bored. It's been... It's been weeks since I've been outside. Somebody help me. Welcome to The Corona Shift, the podcast that asks performers how they're getting by when the bars are closed and all the shows are canceled. I'm Alice Rose, and joining me today is an incredibly funny comic from Vancouver. His album Burger Queen is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play.
1: Hi, Steve. Hello. Hi, Alice. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's a, a beautiful sunny day here in Vancouver that no one's allowed to go outside and enjoy. But it's fine. <laughs> we're, we're all getting by.
0: And sunny days are so so few and far between in Vancouver as well.
1: it really is. This is honestly the driest and sunniest March I think we've had since I was like a child. <laughs> or like since oh. like in years and years and years. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Right.
0: Bittersweet. Absolutely yeah. bittersweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's nice and sunny and warm today in Toronto as well. So I'm it's liking it. that got the windows Lovely. open and yeah so if you hear any traffic in the background too bad it's my show I'm doing it. <laughs> hey
1: fair uh. enough I'm into it <laughs> you got to do what you can to stay sane you know what my uh, my husband and I have been doing like exercise wise not like we're not gym rats by any means we're both hefty guys but we mm. exercise regularly to to allow us to eat a lot and so in order to keep that up we've just been climbing the stairwells of our our buildings i'm allowed to go outside so we sanitize our hands every time we get to the basement so that you touch the door once like and then sanitize your hands and then just don't touch the railings on the way up that's how we're trying to stay sane over here
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm just getting giving myself up i'm letting myself go um trying to eat better definitely and be a little more conscious of that but in terms of in terms of exercise, I'm sorry, I just can't. No, I do.
1: I, you know what, I get it too. And as like, as a, a heftier lad, I do love the idea of um, like a, if Pride, because Pride in Vancouver is later than uh regular season for most places because our summer is so slow to get started. Mm-hmm. So ours is like in early August, so it's not canceled yet. And I do love the idea of there being like a whole Pride of gym gays with like Boxing Day bod at the parade because they've been <laughs> quarantined for so long and they're all slubby <laughs> like me. I love that idea
0: yeah well i'm i'm looking at your uh flyer for burger queen i have it on my on my bulletin board here and <laughs> have to say those legs are fantastic i can't picture you um, oh thank you very it, much <laughs> with a boxing day body it's it's great
1: um well the the burger costume obscures a lot of the middle stuff <laughs> of <this whole> book. <laughs>
0: and also adds context to any extra weight you might have on absolutely i love it i love it um great album by the way i absolutely love it i've been i've listened to it three or four times now i love um when you talk about like small town pride and doing shows in small towns that's something i really relate to because i started in like Kitchener Waterloo, which is outside of Toronto, and I perform produce shows in the smaller cities, and they're so crazy. Like it's
1: small town. It's amazing. Like they come together, and they're like a good wrapped audience because they appreciate what little entertainment that's geared towards them comes through town. And I mean, I'm sure you know, prides can always be a nightmare and, and chaotic situations or whatever. But my experience performing for small town prides, they've been really like my absolute favorite shows I've ever done.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely! I love it. Uh, fun fact: my very first Pride
1: was Vancouver Pride. Oh, is that so? What year was that? Or sorry, is that a rude question? Sorry. No, <laughs> not at all.
0: I think it was two thousand
1: eleven.
0: Okay. Um, 2011, 2012. So I lived there for a little over a year and moved just before the Olympics, which was 2012. Oh, right!
1: Smart move. 2010. Yeah,
0: 2010. Okay, so then it was 2009, 2010. It was okay. just a little baby gay. I didn't know it yet. Everybody else did, but I didn't.
1: Yeah. Well, we we all get there on our own time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was it was great. It was so like high fashion um super mask gaze in little underwear and yeah um yeah it was just fabulous
1: jack you layton,
0: know what? jack layton was at the at the pride that year
1: yeah and it should be noted noted that like jack layton like everyone makes such a big deal about trudeau being in pride parades and like jack layton with that like that daddy mustache was mm. doing the damn thing well before justin trudeau <laughs> <laughs> He was way before it was like, it was cool. They called it the trust dash. The
0: trust dash. Oh, I love that.
1: Rest in peace, Jack Layton.
0: That's what I'm calling my mustache from now on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, love it it's
0: it's a little must only i can see it it's a product of my dysphoria and i hold it uh, dear to me yes so let's talk a little bit about um how how things are going right now so obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic that just seems mm-hmm. to be getting worse and worse every day uh how are you doing during this time are you are you doing well i'm doing
1: okay i mean i think um it's <sighs> I I think it's uh, I feel like ever since Trump got elected, like it's there have been so many doomsday scenarios running through all of our heads for so long that in a way I feel like it feels a little bit weird how well people have adjusted and just sort of accepted the whole thing. Like um, and I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily. There's been less I I mean, I haven't witnessed a lot of panic or anything like that, but it seems like people are just sort of falling in line because we I don't know, I think it. I don't wanna, it's not like anyone saw this coming, but I just don't really feel super surprised by it. And at any rate, the isolation has not um, been too difficult for me yet. My husband and I are both uh, big lumbering dudes living in a pretty small apartment, but um, they say great Danes make good condo dogs because they're pretty lethargic, and that's kind of the case for us too. We're not biting <laughs> yeah. each other's heads off yet. We're getting along. I think one thing like we're definitely learning about each other as like, I I had no idea that my husband is the kind of man who will take a shit during a conference call. And so that's something I've learned during isolation times. That's so uh, admirable. You know what I mean? I th- on the one hand, I was grossed out, but at the same time, I was like, Daddy just takes what he wants. He doesn't care. He's busy. you know. Yes, like, that's not such a flex. Had, <laughs> not knowing if he had muted his mic during was like the most stressful <laughs> four minutes of my life. And then he got out and assured me that he knew what he was doing. But I was like, I can't be noticed the guy who married the phone shitter. So in <laughs> any way, we're, he sorted it out and we're doing fine. As far as like um, sort of an effect on... Stand up for me. It hasn't been like I'm not a full time performer. I, I have a regular day job. Um, and I, I just had a weekend at Yucks in Vancouver opening for Toby Hargrave the weekend before Yucks had to shut everything down. So I'm grateful mm. that I got that time in. And um, I was feeling really like, oh, well, I'm just really grateful I have a job that's not effective. But then I did get laid off this week. So um, oh, yeah. but as far as, you know, there are so many people who, uh, you know, had gigs planned for months in advance that they now have to cancel. I've only had to cancel one show cause I didn't have a ton, um, on the docket yet. Um, so I, you know, I've, I've kind of just been watching people freak out more than anything and, and, uh, just trying to figure out what to do about it. Um, but yeah, I've just kind of been sitting in wait
0: Yeah, um, we're gonna pedal back a little bit and I'll light this back in because I just wanted to, uh, you mentioned a really good point that like we were in the grand scheme of things, having a viral pandemic isn't really a huge deal Um, because you said like with Trump being in power and things like this, like it's kind of interesting how uh, we are, we are just sort of falling in line Everything is, like, we're taking it seriously. Nobody's freaking out. But, and I think it's kind of like we are taking, oh, how am I going to say this? It's kind of like, um, you know, we we expect it a lot worse. Like, we don't have uh, nuclear bombs being sent to us from Korea. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have race wars on the street. We're not, uh, you know, the, the, the economy is, uh, suffering for a real reason as opposed to just absolute neglect and misconduct. So that's really, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, it's just a, it's weird thing. It's not to say that like people are blase about a pandemic or anything like that, but it's just the news has been so crazy for so long that I think, um, I just think a lot of people have sort of expected some sort of life-changing something to happen during the Trump years. And this is one that's relatively like, um, I don't know, like it's lower intensity than say another war or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. At the end of it, it's like, this isn't, this isn't so bad. We're not, we're not hungry. I still have a house. Nothing's being bombed. I can do this. I can do this. It's the lesser of evils for sure. Yeah yeah that's so crazy so you are um let's so you sorry um <laughs> i'm gonna have so much editing to do today <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't have had that third cup of coffee um that's
1: all right see so you mentioned the two pleasures we have sorry please go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you there
0: no not at all <laughs> um So you mentioned you are living with your husband. Are you isolating? You said you're unemployed, like you were laid off recently.
1: Well, like mostly laid off, but I was working remotely from home anyways. I work for a nonprofit and a number of the like um, sort of campaigns and and fundraisers that we had planned got canceled. So understandable that they had to be careful with staff. Um, Sorry, I'm making excuses for my employer. This doesn't matter. (laughs) But uh, sorry, what was the question, Alice? I shouldn't have had that second bowl since I uh, yeah. woke up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no problem.
0: Um, I was just asking, like, what the situation is like. Are oh, you yes, isolating? isolating. Or are
1: you, yeah. Mostly isolating. Like, the, when the, the news first broke, we stayed at home for uh, three days, I think, and then decided, well, we'll go out for a walk on the seawall, because we live literally two blocks from the seawall here in Vancouver, mm-hmm. near English Bay. And, um, we went out and we were just flabbergasted because there were thousands of people there. It was just a, it was a trade parade. Like it normally is no Mm -hmm. difference at all on the seawall. And so then we got a little bit stricter about it and rules have gotten stricter and stricter. This was like a week and a half ago, I think. Um, and so we've been mostly isolated aside from going out to buy food or, um, uh, supplies of like basically just a weekly grocery run and any snack runs there in between. But every time I go out, it seems a little stricter and harsher and like there's a, a lineup to get into everywhere and markers on the ground everywhere. Um, so yeah, just like minimizing the amount that we go out, but haven't been completely, we're not quarantined.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So you have a bit of a, a semblance of life you have.
1: Yeah. Something. Like the, I mean, I've, I've, I like bought a 40 pound bag of rice to put in a backpack to do exercises with. Cause I just like, you never realize how much you miss like freedom to move around until you're confined to a 600 square foot space. So mm-hmm. just trying to find physical things to do to keep sane, but um, and listening to lots of audiobooks. I'm my number one source of stress right now because luckily everyone in my life is in good health at this point. Um, is just that I have a, a serious backlog in my queue for audiobooks and I only get them for 21 days each. So I've really got to just like lay down and listen to a lot of stuff for the next several <laughs> weeks.
0: So you're being more productive. You're getting, you're, you're trying to,
1: you you know what I'm not doing is writing new material, (laughs) which is what everyone should be doing. This is is a free pass for, you know, there's so much like so many people cranking out content and making stuff. And I'm like at home absorbing other people's content.
0: Well, it's, it's at your own pace. I don't know. I've never subscribed to that sort of hustler mentality. That's a lot there. There's a lot of that in Toronto where you're not, if you're not doing like two or three open mics a night and you're not, constantly writing new material and working towards that like tighter five minutes and then that right. like, that great headliner set and all of these things but we all have like our situations are different i i haven't written new material in like six months yeah and i haven't taken this as an opportunity to write new material because this isn't how i write I write on stage, I write at shows, I write when I'm out. um, I write when I'm doing all of those things that I can't do right now.
1: (laughs) Right, fair enough.
0: So it would be really um, counterintuitive for me to be writing in this sort of isolation.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and it's, I I think it's fair too to like, I don't know, a lot less seems funny or like, I don't know. I also just don't want to crank out generic COVID, like... I don't want to just write about, I don't know. I just haven't, I, what, I, what I mean to say is I haven't found the funny in this yet. So I haven't written about it.
0: Absolutely. That's that's very fair. And also there's going to be coming out of this is going to be so much COVID material that oh, totally. I'm, I'm not writing. Like I, I am producing a podcast on COVID, but I'm not writing a single joke. I'm not writing any material whatsoever for the stage on COVID because it's going to be so hack.
1: Yeah, Um, there will be a lot of it for sure.
0: And I understand it's topical, but maybe it's a little (laughs) too easy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So tell me a little bit about Vancouver, because in Toronto and in sort of these circles that I've seen, there are a lot of people doing some really interesting things. So obviously we haven't, uh, we can't get onto a stage we can't really perform in that regard, but people are doing great things. Do you see that sort of happening with comedians in your? Yes,
1: absolutely. There are like, um, um, in Vancouver and Victoria, uh, there's like, uh, you know, digital, um, open mics happening through zoom and writers groups and that sort of thing. So there's, there have been a lot of people, um, just trying to do stuff to keep us all connected. It's also coming at a tough time in Vancouver because I think the the number of rooms in the state of the scene is always in sort of uh, either, you know, flux or, or, you know, it goes through ebb and flow. And I think it's been sort of like we, a lot of open mics had been canceled recently and it's just been... A tough time for the community for the month leading up to this anyway um so it's been i think it's been sort of extra heartwarming to see people making a point of staying connected and i think more than anything else a lot of people are just cranking out a ton of content through their instagram and just sort of um yeah there's just a lot of posting going on but there have been some meetups and some other stuff that i've seen posted online that's been cool
0: Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people are putting online content out there. Do you know of any? Can you recommend any
1: uh, that, I do. that listeners can check out? Yes. And I'm just pulling it up on my phone real quick here. Yeah, of uh, course. Uh, because there was an article about it in the Georgia Straits um john cranny who does a lot of covering the vancouver comedy scene here has been uh, really good about posting like albums that people can stream um and listen to and also like yeah there's other stuff like the sunday service um which is a really great improv troupe in vancouver they perform at the fox cabaret every sunday Mm -hmm. um and they're doing i believe Online Sunday service. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff. Uh Jokes Please, which is another great show here. I know they've already done one digital show, and I believe they'll be doing more as well. Um, so all of the links are on um The article to look up is Vancouver comedy community finding a way through the COVID-19 isolation with digital shows by John Cranny. Um you can Google any part of that. The, all of the links are there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I'll add the link to the uh, the show description as well, so that it's up Perfect. for people to see. Um, yeah, I I think it's a really interesting time, and I'd love your perspective on um, on how uh, isolation is impacting comics because stand up comedy is one of those art forms that uh, it's a unique art form in that it requires an audience and it's very audience response driven. Right. Um, and I see a lot of people trying to translate that directly online onto their Instagram stories or their live streams. Right. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So do you think that it could be like shifting the way people approach their art and maybe it's informing them to, to change it and adapt it to these different, these different I mediums? Think
1: I think it's possible. I really don't know. I think there are, I think there are some people who... Um, without the opportunity to hear something bomb uh, will just kind of like may just sort of spiral and just sort of churn out shit. Because if they're just in their own echo chamber putting out what they think is funny anyways, like I wonder if, because when you post stuff through your Instagram story, you might get people like, you know, if you post the cry laugh emoji or whatever, but it's it's not the same. You're not really able to gauge a room's response based on stuff that you're putting out there. So I wonder if it may just intensify some people's bullshit. Um, i 'm really not sure
0: <laughs> that 's well, true I say? can just um, i don 't know i 'm seeing a lot of and i can I can speak for myself because I have done a couple of little projects where i 'm performing stand up like traditional stand up i 'm performing my material into a camera, and it doesn't work whatsoever. Uh, but I still have that need to put out content. And as a producer and with my brand, I feel like I need to stay relevant. So um, I'm, I'm trying course. I'm trying to find different things to do. So I'm learning to, uh, like this podcast, I've done a lot of uh, comedic writing um, projects, and the things that I put online aren't necessarily like my polished material. I'll do really... Yeah. Stupid shit like uh, take my dog for a walk, or um, I did this Instagram live session where um, it's called Wrong Answers. So people can ask me questions. They can ask me absolutely anything. It's like an AMA, but mm-hmm. uh, all of the answers that I give have to be lies. They have to be wrong answers. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm doing another segment called Awkward Conversations. So uh, uh what i do and is see, i that's great.
1: And like i cuz i as far as like mm. just people yeah i i think forcing people to try new styles of getting their sort of point of view across that's great i i i do hope to see more of that from more comics mm-hmm. myself included cuz like it's you you know all of these different things you're trying i've been at home like uh, uh uh so it's like yeah that's that's inspiring that's a lot of different things to try
0: yeah and i think it's really interesting because for the past decade i feel like Stand up comedy has been resisting the technological shift we 've really been we 've really been hesitant to embrace YouTube and vine and things like that and the people who do embrace them like when you when you have a podcaster on a show or a YouTube star on a comedy show and we 've seen it just for laughs there 's a lot of negative feedback from comedians saying mm. like that 's not stand up that 's somebody who 's thinks they're funny in front of a camera and they don't know how to engage with an audience and all of these things. So there's been this divide, Mm -hmm. but technology keeps shifting forward. It keeps progressing. And we have all of these new platforms to reach out to people. Um, and uh, i think it's a really exciting time that now our stage is taken away from us so it's mm-hmm. it's uh, darwinian it's adapt or get left behind
1: right and it, in it's interesting time. to see um because you know undoubtedly a part of trying to make a career in comedy you have to self-promote like especially as canadian performers nobody is going to cheerlead you and and like build you up to be this you know what i mean like you have to create that shit. And it's under like a lot of comics are very self-loathing and the self-promotion part of it is really, you know, um sort of the hated part of the job. But it's such a necessary part of the job too. And it's, I think COVID will definitely um sort of bring that out in a lot of people they'll realize how bad they want it and they'll start pushing a lot harder.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people when And others will die
1: off and just realize it's not for them. And that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. You may have people, and that's the state of Canadian comedy that we know so well, is that there is not it's not a lucrative business. So we don't have the opportunities to hire agents and managers and marketers and all of these things. Right. So we have to I'm be those people for ourselves
1: absolutely i think um simon king who's a really awesome comic that's based in vancouver has an old joke about when people ask canadian stand-ups if you have a manager it's like it's hard to get a manager because nobody wants to work for 15 percent of two drink tickets yeah (laughs) i love that
0: that's true yeah um how do you get a cut of that no it's totally true and it said so this is um it, it's kind of difficult because this is asking comedians who have already diversified their, uh, their skill levels and their talents to adopt mm-hmm. technical skills as well and adopt mm-hmm. additional skills to spread yourself across different platforms. But I think when all of this comes, you know, back around, maybe back to normal, I don't know how, what normal is going to look like later, but when, mm-hmm. things, when things get out of a pandemic, I think you will have comedians who will have learned lessons about um, about using different tools and you will have other comedians who are just like, thank God, I finally have a stage again. I can go back to being a performer. Right. And there's nothing wrong with really either of those, I think.
1: Totally. I totally agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so in this time, I, I know you said you're not a full-time, like a, like a career comedian, but obviously, uh, this is a time where you don't have the opportunities to self-promote and to go out to different shows, um, and, and keep yourself relevant,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: other than just sharing world media and what you can, doing what you can. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how audiences can support you during this time? Uh, what can audiences do to help and to support Vancouver Comics as well? If you can, you know, speak for your entire community, that'd be great.
1: Well, I mean, for for all of the other Vancouver Comics out there, most of the ones that I think are going to be hard, hit hardest by this are actually the ones who run weekly shows that are being shut down because of uh, they take place in restaurants and venues that can't host people everywhere shut down right now, I guess. But um, so if you follow them um, and just keep abreast of whatever uh, shows that they're posting online or things that you can do to support them. Um, Laugh Gallery is one that Graham Clark runs. Uh, Jokes Please is another weekly one that'll be uh, negatively affected by this. They're all on uh, Instagram, I believe, and they'll be posting any upcoming events that they're doing that they'll be fundraising through. So um, whatever city you live in, whatever uh, scene you love, or they are just comics out there, you know, you want to support Support. just follow them on social media uh, be sure to sort of um, keep your eyes peeled for any ways that they're trying to fundraise during this time and, and support those
0: and then when the bars open again go out and
1: get the hell out. out there yes yeah, absolutely
0: check out live entertainment because especially I, in a city as vibrant as vancouver there's something for everybody whether it's- oh
1: for sure and you know what though i think i think um i i, I do hope that one sort of silver lining that comes of all of this is that. Uh, Vancouver realizes how sort of taken for granted our own venues and and scenes are, and and uh, sort of revitalizes their desire to support them because they mm, absolutely they've always needed it,
0: right? And Netflix and uh, yuck yucks, they're going to be okay. But these smaller right. venues and these smaller comedians, the the more local comedians, right. are getting hit a lot harder. So.
1: And that for, goes sure. for, oh, and for if one all more performers. thing i could like plug to support would be just like little mountain gallery um follow them on social media as well because they're a small venue that's already um dealing with future addiction and other issues and uh they run a lot of shows and performers that'll be negatively affected by this for sure
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's wonderful that's so much to take away definitely for listeners check out all of these great people um, and all of these great resources. Thank you for sharing those. Uh, Before we, before we finish, I just need one more thing for you. So I like to give a, for every episode, I like to give a tip for how to survive the pandemic. Um, And these tips are, Uh, adapted from my very own notes on surviving the zombie apocalypse love it um yeah so my tip today is to stockpile hard copy physical copies of pornography um because when the power goes out and everybody has been stockpiling uh tp and hand sanitizer you'll have the good goods that people will actually want to barter with
1: you know what i have a drawer full of loose pages of old school gay pornography and now i never realized how value it's become how valuable it's now become so thank you for that
0: in the new world order that will be currency
1: people, absolutely people
0: prophesize that that toilet paper is going to be our new currency no it's going to be uh edibles and <laughs> <laughs> And physical pornography, like Yeah, it used to be ass, so. gas,
1: or grass, and now it's going to be like uh, weed gummies, um, uh, ethanol, or honcho. Back issues of <laughs> <with> honcho.
0: <laughs> exactly. So you're a rich man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
0: I like that. Do you have any fun tips for for surviving the pandemic?
1: Um, uh, my survival mechanism so far has just been a lot of, um, crying in the shower and scratch till I bleed because they say it's important to maintain routines and act the same way you did before the pandemic.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's about and it. Also <laughs> keeping, keeping fit with, uh, with doomsday preppers, uh, style exercises
1: with 40 pound bags of rice yeah, on your a back. 40 pound bag of rice in a backpack. I've also, um, uh, just been doing lots of like uh, stairwell climbing in the building that I live in because I live in a tall building and that helps me feel sane. I promise I'm not touching anything on the way up or down.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Very, very socially conscious. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with me. This has been such a pleasure.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Stay safe and, um, uh, wash your hands. I think is it, are we over saying that to each other? Like I feel condescending ever saying to anyone, don't forget to wash your hands. Like, I feel like they'd look at me and be like, fuck you. I'm clearly a cleaner person than you, Steve.